hope that it's one of your favorites. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Joe Stafford. Joe Stafford. Matthews goes up again and makes a huge catch. Oh, look at Chris Mann. Hey, hey, MVP. What's my dog Stafford looking like out there, man? Stafford, he he definitely got a swag about him. Downfield as Matthews reaches out, makes the catch. Oh, we got caught. It is Matthews for a touchdown. Chris Matthews, we're watching a star be born. That guy right now is your MVP. What up, Joe? It's Willie McGinnis, three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots. And I know about the Stafford and Matthews podcast and how hard you grind and work and... You're seeing the fruits of your labor. And welcome back to Stafford and Matthews episode mock draft. The draft week is officially here, and I've been waiting the entire offseason for this moment. As always, your host, Joe Stafford and Chris Matthews, former Seahawk and Raven, dripped out with the 13 chain today in the Seahawks font. You didn't think I saw that, but I did. That's sneaky. I like that. But what's going on, everybody? Uh, Chris, it's been a little bit. What's going on? Hey, man, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. It's my senior year. I have about mm. three weeks left of school. It's mm. crazy to think about. Four years flew by, and I can't believe the moment's pretty much here already, right? Where I'm graduating, entering the real world and becoming a full-fledged adult. And that's a little scary when you think about it, but it's also really exciting. Well, you know, you got it down, Pac, man. You got a good background behind you and now you're getting a new beard coming in. You you got everything going for you. You got everything going for you. You well, kind of look like the Spider-Man uh, character. <laughs> And the same Spider-Man when he grew up and he had a little swag to him. You remember that? When he had the little black suit on? <laughs> Emo Spider-Man? Yeah, I know. But yes, yeah, so here we go. Mock draft season is officially here. Uh, on StaffordMatthews.com, you can find three different mock drafts of mine. The first, second, and third. The third one hasn't been released quite yet. I'm finishing the, uh, the breakdown for you guys. Uh, we posted probably later today or tomorrow. It will definitely be posted by the time the draft rolls around. Um, so you'll have the full time to kind of look it over and, and kind of get a feeling for why I think players are going in certain places. And mm-hmm. uh, it's my this is my bread and butter. I think you know that for a long time now. For the past... I it's gotta wheelhouse. Say, exactly, yeah. I got to stay close to the past five years or so. I've been covering the draft. That's something I really am passionate about and love doing. Uh, in 2020, right before the pandemic really hit, I was blessed enough to go to the draft with Babs, the Spike King, who's now changed his username, by the way. It's now Babs on the mic. He's completely Ooh. rebranded. That's kind of cool. So shout out to Babs for that. Congrats, buddy. I'm proud of you. Um, but yeah, so scouting in person was a phenomenal experience. I want to do that again this year. Unfortunately, the cards didn't really work out in that favor. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think it would have mattered. And there's a reason why. So this draft... The 2022 draft is one of the most confusing I've ever seen in my life, right? And I've been covering the draft for a decent amount of years. Last year, I got the first six picks in a row correct, which is just, mm. that's out, that's that's completely wild. It should not be happening. It's just nuts, right? Mm-hmm. This year, I'm projecting myself to get five picks total right. <laughs> that's how bad, how, not bad, how confusing this draft is because most years, you have a blue chip prospect, usually a quarterback or an edge rusher going number one overall, and you pretty much like 85%, 90% know who's going second overall. And that kind of sets down the layer of what the top five, the top 10 is going to look like, right? Because once you can guarantee there are going to be two people going in one spot, you kind of can consider what teams will do after that. We don't even know who the first overall pick's going to be. When was the last time that happened? 
2013. That's a long time. It was a long time ago. The Eric Fisher draft, maybe. Like that was, yeah. was a long, long time ago. The last time we had a draft like this. So, in in a lot of ways, it's exciting, right? For a casual fan or for an even intermediate fan, you get to look at the draft in a whole new landscape. You never know what's going to happen. That's exciting. In terms of being an analyst, that's something a little bit different, right? And because of that, you have a lot of different. Um, factors going into, in, into the uh, selection process. So it's going to be a right. crazy night. But in terms of analysts, right, in terms of guys like me, we're going to get knocked down a peg on draft because <laughs> we're so used to knowing what's going on or at least having mm -hmm. an idea what's happening. And mm -hmm. this year, we have no freaking clue. Don't let anyone online fool you. Don't let me fool you. This draft, we have no idea. And right. like I said, it's exciting, but in terms of reputation, it's not exactly the best thing looking forward for me. But I'm doing my best. I promise you I'm doing my best. But so for this episode, we're going down my last mock draft. We're pretty much premiering it right here because it's not mm -hmm. available online yet on StaffordMatthews.com. But Stafford Matthews mock draft 3.0, the final mock. You ready to get going? Bow, bow, bow. Let's do it. All right. With the first pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trayvon Walker, edge out of Georgia. Now, this might surprise some people, right? Because Hayden Hutchinson was kind of slotted into that number one overall spot for the past month or so. People really thought it was him. Before that, they thought it was Evan Neal, before the Jaguars splashed mm -hmm. free agency and got Brandon Scherf and a lot of other linemen. Mm -hmm. The reason why I think it's going to be Trayvon Walker is because of the indecision that we've seen in Jacksonville, right? Most of the time, like I said earlier, the first overall pick is cemented a month or more in advance. You know right. who's going number one. Teams have made the decision because they've had so much more time to plan ahead because they know no one can pick before them. Mm -hmm. They don't have to do as much work on the draft board. Mm -hmm. In this case, it's serving the opposite direction because if you were so sure you wanted to take Aiden Hutchinson, there wouldn't be a, dis a discussion or a debate about it. Mm -hmm. There is a discussion debate about it. And because of that, because there's somebody sitting on their shoulder saying, maybe this isn't our guy, I'm mm -hmm. going to guess they're going to lean towards the guy they're considering otherwise, which would be Trayvon Walker. Now, this guy was a star at Georgia, uh, mm -hmm. just an aggressive high motor guy off the edge, sack monster. I'm excited to see what he can do in the league period, but I think in Jacksonville, it could have a really profound impact. I'm really excited mm -hmm. about the fit that I think Walker presents for this Jacksonville defense. Uh, Chris, what do you think the fit is for edge rusher in Jacksonville, and specifically Trayvon Walker? Well, I think it's going to be a great fit. I, either one of the two that you uh, that's up there right now, you you really can't go wrong with either one of them. I personally thought that Aiden Hutchinson would have been a little bit more of a better fit for that defense. You know, that being that it's a defensive minded uh, organization. But uh, like I said, you can't go wrong with either one of them. I I, I think uh, e either one is going to up upgrade the the organization to another level. Even though I still honestly believe in my heart of hearts, you should be going for an office alignment to protect that number one pick that you got last year. Right, exactly. So I think that's why a lot of people were, were thinking Evan Neal there for a long time. Mm -hmm. The tackle mm -hmm. out of Alabama. Um, but I think, like I said, the work that they put in the offseason for free agency kind of negated that yeah. number one. I think yeah. you're right. They're going to draft Lyman in the second, third, fourth round, whatever, in that range. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think for number one overall, it's going to be between these two guys. And speaking of these two guys, with the second pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the Detroit Lions are selecting Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher out of Michigan. <laughs> It's going to be either one of these two guys in the first two spots. We're not sure the order yet, but I'm like 95% sure it's going to be Hutchinson, Walker, 1-2, or Walker, Hutchinson, 1-2. Um, mm -hmm. No matter how that shakes out. 
there is a dark horse candidate at number two. And it's Malik Willis. Malik Willis could realistically go number two overall, whether that's to the Lions or somebody else. That is a, poss- a possibility. Because so where is Kayvon falling at? Well, we're gonna get to him in a minute, I guess. But not for a while. You might be surprised where he falls. Um, but in, but in terms of the Lions, right? They could go Malik Willis. I think it's a very very big long shot to happen on draft night. Mm-hmm. Hutchinson seems to be like the pick, right? Um, Hutchinson is a also a similar high motor guy as Trayvon Walker, but I think he holds the edge better as an edge defender, mm-hmm. which is something mm-hmm. you don't really see a lot in the modern day NFL. I feel like a lot of edge rushers now have one, maybe two things they're good at. They're either good at rushing mm-hmm. the passer or holding the edge. They're rarely mm-hmm. good at both mm-hmm. in, in the modern age, right? And I think Aiden Hutchinson is one of those rare examples of a young guy coming in with the ability to do both. Mm-hmm. He's a patient rusher too. So I think the culture that Dan Campbell is building in Detroit fits perfectly with his mindset. And I think he's going to be a home run pick, especially to replace Trey Flowers, who ended up leaving uh, this You got season. it. You picked it. You you hit it right on the head with that right there. I feel like it's going to be great for, for both player and coach. Uh, shit, uh, honestly, the whole organization, because that one player could change. Well, at least ideally, that's what they're thinking, that this one player can change the whole outlook of the team and the organization. But, yeah, th- th- this could be a really good one. I think so, too. I feel like I feel I feel like uh, Aaron Donald has done uh, helped out a lot of young people this year. (laughs) Most definitely. I I think you're right. right. All right. With the third pick of the 2022 NFL draft, the Houston Texans select Evan Neal, tackle out of Alabama. The former predicted first overall pick falls number three. It ends up with Houston. There's a couple Mm. reasons why I think this is a good fit. One. They're trying to evaluate Davis Mills as much as humanly possible. They're trying mm-hmm. to get a fit on whether or not that he's going to be the franchise guy moving forward. Right. In order to do that, you need to keep him off his ass. And the Texans haven't mm-hmm. been great at protecting quarterbacks in the past. See Deshaun Watson and why he's walking out the door. If they're going to stay with Davis Mills, they need to get a better look at what he can do with a clean pocket. And the first step in doing that is getting a franchise tackle. Right. Now, whether or not Davis Mills is the guy or not, Neil's still a good pick because no matter who's under center going forward, you're going to have a legitimate franchise cornerstone at left tackle uh, right. with the former Alabama Crimson Tide tackle. So mm-hmm. I think it's a very good pick. I think it's a smart pick. And I think they're not done taking offense in the first round. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. I just, I, just, I just feel like there's probably something really going on um behind neil that we don't know about but his talent is so immense that he's still going to go into uh <laughs> top three um that's that's very um shocking to be honest with you when you go from first overall to third which it isn't too far but it is a significant jump for a potential first rounder you know usually it's one to two but you're going to three so it it, it worries me a little bit but i mean hey you Texans know what they're doing, I guess, <laughs> and uh, we'll let them live. Hopefully, Texans. hopefully, hopefully, Neil can uh, get out of there unscathed and go somewhere where he's where he'll be treated with respect and love, like the 49ers. <clears throat> right, but no, it's it's funny though. You mentioned the, the drop from one to three. How about the signing bonus difference from one to three? Yes, yeah, yeah, about the entire night. Honestly, uh, most definitely. All right. With the fourth pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the New York Jets select Sauce Gardner, Amon mm. Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. He let up a 0.0 passer rating in 2021. Zero. He's saucy. It's saucy. And that's a great <laughs> name for a cornerback, isn't it? It's a great nickname for a cornerback. And he walks the walk, right? 
He's six three. He has the height. He runs a four four forty. He has mm-hmm. the speed, and most importantly, he has the technique. Mm-hmm. When you have that combination, those three factors as a cornerback, you really can't be stopped. And so I really don't think there's going to be anything prohibiting him from becoming a day one starter and mm-hmm. a day one contributor for this Jets defense. Granted, it's the New York Jets, and Grant is in the AFC East where they've got an influx of receiver talent lately. Obviously, the most notable being Tyree Kill getting shipped off to Miami. But overall, they have to be happy with this selection. You could see a Jalen Ramsey-type transformation um, mm-hmm. for, for Sauce Gardner being picked so high on a bad team. I mm-hmm. wonder if he sticks around Gotham. That's something I would, I would, I would consider thinking about because mm-hmm. of the persona of some of these cornerbacks, mm-hmm. uh, the need to want to get paid and win at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. That's a problem of five years down the line. But as of right, right. now, the Jets got a blue chip prospect in Gardner. Yeah, I'm actually going to take it a step further to legendary mode. And I'm not saying that he can hold his shoes, but it's starting to give me Deion Sanders vibes. Like, that's what he's giving me. He's coming in with with uh, this aura, this swagger of, like, I'm him, and I'm going, to out, I'm going to go out there and prove it to you. Like, it don't matter. I don't care about everybody who's running 4-3, 4-2. Like, I'm out here running fast just like everybody else, and I guarantee you, if I get my long arms on you, you really ain't going to make it down the field in a 4.3 seconds. I can tell you that. I like it. I'm Like I said, I'm not giving him Deion Sanders comparisons. I'm just saying the vibes is giving me Deion Sanders. And I I hope the high waters that he can hold up to it and, and make his name. And you know that's saying a lot, Joe, because I'm not even a DB fan. <laughs> and, and he has the chance to do it. I mean, if you look at the 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 whole division that he's in, that he's going into, like you said, with Tyreek Hill, you having a whole a whole slew of of wide receivers that are that are coming out as merging stars, and he has a chance to play with all of them and 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 defend his case of being one of the best. I think he could do it, man. He just has to put his mind to it, get in the weight room and lift and lift a little bit more, and he'll be good. You got to think about Revis Island, like that's that's a, that's a huge one right there. He he, you know, he was in, um, although he didn't get drafted there, but you know, he ended up uh, in in I mean, in there with the Jets, and he made his name for himself. They didn't win anything, but you know, he made his name for himself, and I think that's something that he could do as well. I think you're right, 100%. I think you're right. I think it's exciting to even talk about these kind of um, possibilities when it comes to soft For sure. I, th- I think you have a possibility of having a Deion Sanders type or Jalen Ramsey type. I think it's a better comp uh, for, for Ahmad Gardner. So it's very, very exciting. I'm very excited to see what he can do um, you know, in this league. So, all right, with the fifth overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Kayvon Thibodeau. Defensive mm. end, Oregon. You you talked about it at the beginning of the podcast. You mm. talked about wanting to see his name kind of pop up, right? Well, here it is right here. Kayvon Thibodeau goes to the New York Giants, goes to Brian Dayball's new culture. And there's a reason for it, right? At the beginning of the draft process, he was kind of slated as number two guy behind Aiden Hutchinson. That has since cooled off in a pretty significant way. Uh, and I'm wondering why, right? A lot of people are wondering why. Apparently, there's a, there's a culture issue uh, with, with, with Dan Campbell and the Lions where they don't think he'll fit in that culture well and he'll think he might be a distraction. And I think that might be contributing to a lot of different people kind of cooling off on him as the draft approaches. Now, that's not to say he's not a great player. He has the best timing of any defensive end in the draft. He, he, he is an unbelievable player when it comes to being able to identify 
where the rush is coming from and when he has to jump on that snap. And I think he knows better than anyone in this draft how to do that. Um, in terms of the culture, right, I'm not sure where his head is at with his attitude. I don't understand the problems going on. It's been kept pretty tight-knit and pretty secretive um, out of Thibodeau's camp. But overall, I don't expect any issues. As a rookie, you get knocked on a peg more than once. You're a new guy in the locker room. You have to learn your place and learn your role. And I think he'll be able to do that in a pretty effective way while also contributing on the field as much as humanly possible. So I have Thibodeau going to the Giants. Chris, what do you think about that pick? Dan Campbell said he has a problem with him fitting in his. No, he didn't say that. That's the report. That's the oh, that's the report. That's, the that's report. not what he, he said. He didn't go out and say that, but that's but somebody in his camp pulled that, put that out there. Pretty much. Yeah, I don't like that. I like, I like it. I like, I like the 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 pick. I would say I like the pick because that's what he's built. That's what he's built his name off of defense, right? right. So having that piece right there of a, a, a potential hall of famer uh, to go on to start your, you know, to start your next season off with, man, that's, that's amazing for an organization. But if that's coming out of the camp, I don't like it. I don't like, I feel like that's just a, that's just a problem. Just that's, that's going to brew and it's going to end well. I mean, it's not going to end well for either parties and Detroit's going to take the bulk of it because they drafted him when they could have took somebody else. Right. Right. Like if that's what it is, then you, you you have to cut bait and move on to something else. I don't think I don't think that would be the smartest thing for the Detroit Detroit Lions to do if that's what's going on. Right. Exactly. This is why they have the concern in general. They don't want to make right. a wrong decision when they're kind of building something that's kind of special. Right. Although the Lions had a bad overall record last year, they had a lot of fight. And they had a lot of close teams, with a lot of good teams. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, what are you doing? Right, exactly. No, I'm on the same page as you. But yeah, I got Thibodeau going the Giants. This next pick is going to surprise the people, I think, because the NFL is so quarterback-driven. Um, mm. But I don't think it's going to happen. With the sixth pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select Charles Cross, tackle out of Mississippi State. Now, in terms of executive view on this, in terms of analyst view, this is the safest pick you can make. Taking a tackle... <laughs> taking an offensive tackle to protect whoever's behind center. That's always a good move. Yeah. You will always be able to excuse not taking someone else to take a tackle to protect your quarterback. That's that that's the second most valuable position on the football field is left mm-hmm. tackle. When mm-hmm. you can get one at a premium value like Charles Cross, you always have to jump at the opportunity. Now on the flip side, people are expecting the Panthers to make some sort of quarterback move, period, in the draft. Mm-hmm. They have Sam Darnold, the experience experiment did not work out last season. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are expecting them to take Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, any of these quarterbacks at six. They have at least, the report they have at least three first-round grades on at least three quarterbacks in this draft class, which is surprising because a lot of people are considering this draft class for quarterbacks to be one of the weakest in recent memory, right? Yeah, yeah. Regardless, when you're a Cuban media team... You're not even going off the first five... Right, exactly. You don't really know what their what their mindset is when it comes to even the, the, the first five quarterbacks, right? Um, but when you're a quarterback-needy team like the Panthers, you have to do all your homework, and it's easy to fall in love with a prospect mm-hmm. when you need to have their position of value, right? It's easy right. to fall in love with someone when you have a distorted sense of reality. And that's what the Panthers have right now, in my opinion. Um, could they go quarterback at six? Sure. It, 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 I would say it's a 50-50 shot to go quarterback or tackle. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's the odds I'm playing right now. Um 
But in my view, I don't see him passing up Charles Cross because there are going to be quarterbacks available at the end of the first round. I don't think the quarterback right. run is going to start for a, for at least a long time right. um, in this first round. So if they want a quarterback that badly, they can always trade back up in the late first round and grab one for a, the coveted fifth-year option. And I think it's going to be a possibility. I think a lot of t- a couple of teams, maybe even multiple teams, might do that to secure a fifth-year option at the very end of the first round, like the, like the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2018, 2019, whenever he was drafted. So that's my, my view on it. Chris, do you think the Panthers take a quarterback or no? I definitely do think they take a quarterback. Um, you have to have you have to have Sam Donald f- uh, fight for something now. Right. And now it's almost like we can't just give it to you. Like you really have to go out here and fight for your position and let the best man win. I mean, honestly, I feel like they should have been doing that from the get-go with him and uh, let him earn a shot. You know, they would feel way better to lose – because, I mean, knowing somebody is better than you then to lose knowing that you didn't have a shot. Right. That's fair. That's fair enough. I mean, it, it makes sense. And like I said, I think we were both saying the same thing. They're falling mm-hmm. out of quarterbacks because they mm-hmm. need a quarterback. Yes. Not necessarily the best idea, but a necessary one at the very least, just to even make sure you can take one of these guys if you need to. I'd probably um, have to take the first one, though. Right, <laughs> the exactly. first one off the board, though. Exactly. Can't take the third or the second. I mean, the third or the fourth. Right, this is the first draft in a while where a quarterback <laughs> hasn't gone in the top five. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and for this draft, this mock draft I have right now, at least for the third version of it, mm-hmm. um, you won't see one for quite a while. And mm-hmm. So just strap in and sit tight. It might be a trouble for some of these guys um, toward, towards the teens of this round. So with the seventh pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the New York Giants select Iki Ekwanu, offensive tackle, NC State. Uh, mm. The Giants are doing everything they're supposed to do. Executives and front office members, when you first get in the league, teach you two things. One, you need to win a turnover battle to win football games. That's mm-hmm. the first one. And the second is you need to win from the line of scrimmage. Right. Includes the offensive line, the defensive line. What did the Giants do? They took one of the best edge rushers off the board and one of the best tackles off the board. And that's what you need to do to build a winning football team. You need to address right. those trenches first and then skill position later. If I had the Dallas Cowboys line uh, lineman group in 2015, I could have run for a thousand yards. You know what I mean? It's that kind of dynamic you need to set it up. If you have dogs up front on both sides of the line, you're gonna win football games. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That's the bottom line, right? So, Icky and Kayvon, both one of the Giants, I think are home run picks. If they make these selections on Thursday night, I think they might be the winners of the first round. Um, which is a very rare thing. You don't really see "quote unquote" winners coming out of a lot of these rounds. But if you get two blue chip prospects on both your offensive and defensive line, you're winners mm-hmm. in my eyes. Chris, right? What do you think? No, I'm I'm absolutely on board with you on that one. I, I can't even refute nothing you just said right there because I was thinking the same thing. That was Fair a enough, great. Right? That was a great. That was a great. That was a great thought process right there. We'll keep it short and simple. All right, with the eighth pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. The Atlanta Falcons select Garrett Wilson, receiver out of Ohio State. Chris is smiling here, here because we have the receivers in the house finally. Um, much of this process, the NFL draft process this this year so far, has had Drake London, the kid out of USC, as number one overall receiver. Um, mm-hmm. I see it a little bit differently. I think the Falcons are in love with Garrett Wilson's game-breaking speed and footwork. And mm-hmm. I think they see shades of Chad Johnson in them a little bit too, with some of the, the ability to take these game-breaking plays, these big play opportunities down the field. And, and people are going to be scared of his feet, not his physicality or anything like that. His feet are going to scare the living hell out of every DB in the NFC South for a very, mm-hmm. very long time. 
Um, Atlanta just got Marcus Mariota as their starting quarterback. They signed a two-year contract with him. They just got Cordero Patterson back. Um, I think pairing Patterson and Wilson will be an interesting dynamic because I think Wilson has some ability to do on the, some of the jet sweep stuff mm-hmm. we've seen Patterson do in the past in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Are the Falcons a threat to take a quarterback at eight? Yes. <laughs> Bonafide, yes. It's worth noting Malik Willis is actually from Georgia originally. I'm not sure he's from Atlanta originally, but I know he's from Georgia, period. Mm-hmm. Bringing a guy like that home would be a huge get. And it's a possibility, a strong one, especially considering how hard the Falcons went out to try to get Deshaun Watson, who's also a former uh, Atlanta boy, right? And so with that past interest shown in trying to upgrade a quarterback and do it aggressively, I could definitely see them taking a quarterback at number eight. In this version, I don't see that happening quite yet. So I'm going to take Garrett Wilson. I think they like Wilson a lot. But, but Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I, I I believe in Garrett Wilson. That that guy is different right there. Uh, I love everything. I love everything that's about his game, the way he's able to move with his feet. Um, he's a great pat, like hands catcher. I love everything about him. Um, I'm here to talk about the Malik uh, the Malik Wilson uh, Wilson, thought Wilson. Pro- Willis thought process with uh, the Atlanta Falcons. I am not. I'm honestly not a fan of people actually. Uh, of players actually playing in their hometown. I feel like, especially at the level that they're at, of being at the top, that's going to be hard for a lot of people to uh, maneuver through. Um, Atlanta doesn't necessarily have a great outlook on quarterbacks in in the past couple of years. Um, And it's, you know, it's kind of concerning, but I mean, I feel, I mean, hopefully, hopefully he could figure it out if it does happen and they do take him. Hopefully it works out for him, but I know it's going to be a lot of, it's going to be a lot um, internally going on between them. It's probably going to come out years, years down the line. Well, it's a pressure thing, right? When you, when you yeah. achieve your childhood dream of playing for your yeah. hometown franchise, there's a yeah. lot that goes into that. It's huge. It's, it's almost all mental. It's not even physical. It's not about what you can do. It's just about feeling the pressure from yourself and from your family. It's like, if you go out and stink it up after making it to the league with your team, that's a lot to handle. That's definitely a lot to handle. So I understand the point you're trying to make. Like, I understand, like, you could, like, if he was to leave, go somewhere else and then come home, that'd be different. You know, now he's established. He's established man. You know, he has, you know, certain uh, ways about him and how he conducts business and stuff like that. And you bring it back home. That'd be different. That's something like Robert Woods did. Like, you know, if I'm just saying, like, if you like, it's it's a feeling that you get because everybody wants to play at home. Everybody wants to do it. And you want to be the best of the best at home. So just thinking of that, it would be a lot for, for, for not even, not even just Willis, but anybody, it would be hard for anybody. Right. No, I'm with you hundred percent. It's definitely a hard thing to play for your hometown team. Yeah. With the ninth pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Jermaine Johnson II, edge out of Florida State. Now, this guy is a madman off the edge. Hasn't shown a great ability, at least, to hold the edge, but man, can he get after the quarterback. In terms of the the fit with Seattle specifically, I don't think Seattle even wants to make a pick at number nine. Mm -hmm. I think they want to trade down. Really? And that's just the vibe I'm getting. They they're not in love with any one prospect. They have like they have a lot of positions of need, including quarterback, but mm-hmm. I don't think they love any of the quarterbacks coming out this year. And so when you're sitting at that number nine spot and their quarterbacks are still available, you might have some teams in the late twenties calling you saying, Hey, like, 
is this pick for up for grabs? And Pete Carroll is right is saying like, yeah, it is. Give me another a first and a third, and you can move right back up here. Um, and I think it's a, a strong possibility, especially in this scenario, right? Where both quarterbacks, the the premier quarterbacks, just to say, Kenny Pickett mm-hmm. and Malik Willis are still on the board. Seattle's going to trade down, but in in the case that they don't, in case they want to stay with the pick they want to select here, it's going to be Jermaine Johnson. Uh, he's been a fast riser the entire draft process. Like I said, a madman off the edge. Something that Seattle desperately needs in that cover three scheme. You need pressure in the quarterback, or yes. it's not going to work. Um, and so I think Jermaine Johnson is the best suited person to do that uh, at this spot in the draft. So. That's my kind of view on it. Chris, What do you think they're going to trade this pick? Do you think they're going to take somebody? What do, what do you think is going on here? No, I think they're going to take exactly who you just said. They need defense. You've seen what they just did. They gave up their, their, their staple on that Legion of Boom with Bobby Wagner. Let him go to the Rams. Now you need you need dogs out there. You need people who's gonna set who's gonna start setting the tone for Seattle. See Pete Carroll and that whole organization has always been about defense first. That's why it hasn't been too many uh, offensive uh, Hall of Famers, I guess you could say. Um, but there's so many on defense. That's all Pete Carroll worries about is defense. So I can see that this is coming off the board. I really thought that they probably could have. Um, they probably could have went with somebody in the middle linebacker, I mean, in the middle linebacking core um, to help fill that void. But I guess, you know, they're feeling good. And the reason why I say they're feeling good, because I feel like this whole in this whole NFL draft is setting up in their favor the same way that when they picked up Russell Wilson in the third round. Like this is their wheelhouse right now. They're they feel like, okay, we can pick up on defense, get get key players on defense, and then hitting late rounds with the quarterbacks and possibly pick out a good one, pick out another Russell Wilson in, in the diamond in the rough. Um, that's why, I, that's why I really feel like they're, they're, uh, they're really comfortable. And I've been watching their Instagram feeds lately and it's, they're, they're just coming up with like funny little things going on out there. Whereas they just look like they're too comfortable. It might not look like it to, to, to the, to, to the fans, but to me, it just looks funny. Like, okay, they're, they're posting an awful lot around here. Right. So, it's telling me something. You look at their quarterback. They're posting up their quarterbacks. You got Gino. He's under contract. Drew Locke's under contract. They have a backup. I forgot his name, but he's there as well. So it's like if even if we do pick up a, a late round, I mean, uh, you know, pick up a, a quarterback in the later round, um, you know, we'll we'll be fine. It is worth noting that on that on that point, Seattle's one of the best notorious draft teams. Yeah. Uh, in, in the past 20 years, they have yeah. had so many successful draft classes. And like you said, the late rounds, they've hit mm-hmm. in those fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds mm-hmm. better than anyone in the league. Um, and so it is worth noting that they, they might not you know be in love with a guy at nine, but mm-hmm. you better be damn sure they're going to get a guy in the fifth or sixth round that's going to be an impact player for them down the line. You better believe it. Definitely. With the 10th pick in the draft, the New York Jets select Drake London, receiver out of USC. It's yes, funny, sir. This, this kid was a two-sport prospect coming up, um, and he's built like a small forward and kind of plays football like a small forward. He boxes people out. Um, and you don't really see that in a lot of modern receivers, right? You're focused on the speed aspect, the footwork aspect. He literally plays football like he's playing basketball. He play, yeah. and, and, and it's funny. People might make fun of that comparison, right? But some of the best tight ends in NFL history were basketball players first. Tony Gonzalez, Tony Gonzalez. Antonio Gates. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Winslow for the Chargers, right? Like they've had yep. so many people come through this Jimmy league Graham. as basketball players, but then transition to be a tight end receiver and have immense success. Mm-hmm. And Drake London is the exception here because he has game-breaking speed as well. Yeah. He has home run speed and can get away from guys better than people realize, right? Even though he's kind of bigger bodied. Mm-hmm. Um, so he heads to the New York Jets as well. The Jets now walk away with Sauce Gardner and Drake London uh, with two picks in the first top 10. I like both of these picks. I think they're good fits. And you need to give Zach Wilson something to hold on to because uh, th- this Jets offense was putrid last year. So hopefully they can get something going this year. Uh, Chris, what do you think about Drake London going to the Jets? Love it. I love it. I love his game. I love the pick for him. This is starting to set up like 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 I said before with uh uh with uh Revis Island and they had at the time I, I believe it was um who am I thinking about? Was that Brandon Brandon Marshall was there at the same time? I think it was Braylon Edwards was there at the same Braylon time. Braylon Edwards. Uh, yeah, Holmes there you go. At the same time. This is starting to set up just like it. I, I love it. Uh, I love it. London, he plays He plays the game the way he needs to play it, and that's just to play football. He doesn't take it any more than what it is. He doesn't try to do anything extra or none of these, you know, extra moves. It's, I'm going to play basketball. I mean, I'm going to play football. I'm going to box you out because I know how to do this, and I'm going to catch the ball and run right past you. It is funny that you make the comparison, though, because if, if you're comparing the Jets back to that 2009-2010 team, they were Zach real. Wilson is Mark Sanchez in this scenario, right? But and they were real, though. <laughs> they forget, were real. People forget Mark Sanchez beat Tom Brady twice in the playoffs. Yeah. People yeah. forget about that. He beat him twice, consecutive years. Just putting that out there. Um, all right, with the 11th pick in the draft, the Washington Commanders – Still got to use that name. I, I, I'm still not sure I love that name. <laughs> Select Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame. Now, yeah. Hamilton is another guy that tumbled down this draft board. He was a top mm-hmm. five lock. If you had told me uh, even three weeks ago that Hamilton wouldn't be a top five pick, I, I thought you'd be crazy. Um, but then here we go again. Kyle Hamilton drops down the board and heads to Washington. This might be my favorite uh, fit out of the entire first round because Washington loves these hybrid safety rules. You mm-hmm. had DJ Swearinger uh, years ago. You had Landon Collins for the last Landon four Collins. years. You love these kind of hybrid safeties that mm-hmm. can play deep and play the box. And Hamilton mm-hmm. can play all over the field. He can play slot corner sometimes, too. That's how mm-hmm. versatile this guy is. But don't be fooled. This isn't another Jamal Adams flash in the pan type guy. This guy is going to be a factor on any defense he plays in for the next 10 or 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, he he fits right into that role that Landon Collins left behind after they released him this year. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect fit, perfect timing, and you get him millions of dollars cheaper than you could have got him if you got him fifth overall. So really? good for Washington, great fit, great pickup. What do you think about Hamilton going to the Commanders? I love it, man. That boy is a freak. Like he is literally a freak athlete. When I see him, when I see him play, he's making plays, jumping over people, he let, running into people. I'm like, whoa, this guy, this guy is fearless and he's he he can just do anything that he wants out there like that's a guy who's very in tune with his body and and and, and is in tune with the game and is that going to be a transition on to into the nfl i hope so i hope they i hope they uh you know make him feel comfortable enough to allow him to play his game like that's going to be the biggest thing uh washington isn't the biggest uh supporting supportive uh organization but um, with this pick, hopefully they, they figure something out with it. 
the, the organization is a mess. Yeah. Like, let's, let's not even front. The organization yeah. is a goddamn <laughs> nightmare. Yeah. It's horrific. Um, so, and honestly, I don't see anything changing unless Dan Snyder sells the team. Unless that guy moves on and gets out of the organization, it's going to stay the exact same way. Um, so I'm hoping for a sale. I'm not sure it's going to happen, but we'll see. With yeah. the 12th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback at the LSU. Stingley heads to Minnesota, and guess who his mentor is? Patrick Peterson, another guy who wore the seven for LSU, another dog at LSU, someone who is an all-pro I think three or four times in his career, mm-hmm. dominated with Arizona, heads to Minnesota a couple of years ago or last year, and now is in a place to mentor the next great LSU defensive back. Um, right. They just have a long lineage of just unbelievable prospects out of that defensive backfield for LSU. But Stingley's the guy that comes out this year. Um, a true man cover corner, great mm-hmm. technique, great speed. I expect nothing but good things from him. And they need to make a move, right? You have Rodgers coming back to the division. You have a lot of these guys, these great receivers in the division that you have to kind of worry about and have to counter, right? Mm-hmm. And Stingley's the guy to do it. I will say Minnesota struggles with not taking Jordan Davis, a defensive tackle out of Georgia here. That's a strong possibility, maybe even a likely possibility. But the way I see it right now, they have to address the secondary, especially before Harrison Smith retires, which is going to be any year now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with Stingley Jr. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I hear it. It makes sense. Um, this would be the perfect time for, for, for honestly, for Stingley. Like, I would be jumping up in joy to be able to be mentored by somebody who's then went to my school, got drafted in the first round, has done and has immense uh, success in the NFL. I would, I would love it. I, I wouldn't even care what team I was on. I, as long as I was around Patrick Peterson, one of the dogs, I'd be, I'd be good. Most so, definitely. I, I I would love it. I would be praying if I was him to let, let, allow this to happen. I, I agree. I agree. With a 13th overall pick, the Houston Texans select Chris Olave, receiver out of Ohio State. Both Ohio State receivers are off the board before the Both 14th of them. pick, which is crazy, which is just nuts. Um, but Houston doubles up on offense. And like I said, when we talked about Evan Neal going there, mm-hmm. they want to surround Davis Mills with talent. And pairing Chris Olave with Neil and Brandon Cooks is going to be a recipe for success the way I see it right now. I don't think the Texans are as bad as people think they are. They give a lot of good teams a lot of great fights last year. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but I, what I will say is they will not be picking the top five next year. Mm-hmm. It's just progress. You have to progress along as a franchise when you're in these kind of rut, when you lose your franchise quarterback. You have to just figure it out as you go. But I do think the Texans organization in general and the roster is better than people give it credit for. So mm-hmm. look at the Texans to make a little bit of a jump, nothing crazy, but they'll win like six, seven games next year. Probably. Probably. I was I was I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, Joe. I really was thinking about Jameson Williams uh going here. I feel like that would have been a good pick for them. But I I I mean I, honestly, Chris Chris Oliver, I mean Oliver is not a bad pick at all. So no. I'm 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 with him. Well, just Take, hang on, pick, Chris. Hang on, Chris, for a minute. You'll see James Williams going a couple picks here, but I might surprise you who it's going to. Okay. With the 14th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select Jordan Davis, yeah. defensive tackle, Georgia. Yeah. He stands 6'6", yeah. 340 pounds, and runs a 4740. Yeah. <laughs> talking yeah. And just and just like just realize how ridiculous that is. That combination of size and speed is virtually impossible 
It's almost impossible. You're you're pushing 400 pounds and you can run a 4740. Joe, I'm going to tell you the reason why that this is that this is even a, a, a possibility. Because I know Jim Harbaugh and I know his thought process. I know having problems with the Steelers pisses him off to the highest extent. So this is specifically to stop Najee Harris. This is that's all this is for. He, he wants him just to stop him because Najee Harris is going to be a problem next year. I just want everybody to know that. And I'm probably going to pick him for fantasy. Well, it's not even it's not even just <laughs> Najee Harris either. It's yeah. Nick Chubb. It's yeah. Hunt. It's, yeah. it's it's all of these guys. Even Joe Mixon is in that category too. This this AFC North division is stacked with running back talent, and you need to be able to control the line of scrimmage and control Absolutely. the middle of the line of scrimmage specifically if you want a shot at winning a lot of football games this year. Absolutely. And Jordan Davis takes up at least three linemen with how good he is. Like, <laughs> it, he takes up Calais Campbell by himself. Exactly. And so having those two guys in the middle of the defense is going to do wonders for this team. They consider taking Trevor Penning here to tackle out of uh, mm-hmm. Iowa State because of the mean streak he has. And mm-hmm. like you said, you know Jim, And he wouldn't be bad. You know Harbaugh, right? You know he wants some dogs. He yeah. wants someone with some fight. He wants people that eat with their hands. He wants people mm-hmm. that, are, that are aggressive um, and want to win football games. Mm-hmm. I think Penning fits that bill, but I think Davis is a position of need and fits that bill. So I'm yeah. going with Davis here. But yeah. Absolutely. Now here comes your pick, Chris. Here comes your pick. Okay. With the 15th pick in a 2022 NFL draft, we have a trade to announce. The Philadelphia Eagles are trading their 15th overall selection. And with the 15th overall selection, the Kansas City Chiefs Mm, select mm, Jamison mm. Williams, receiver out of Alabama. Mm. They get the closest player in this draft to Tyreek Hill to try to to try to uh, make up for his loss this offseason, right? The Chiefs, in response to losing Tyreek Hill, have acquired Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez mm-hmm. Vantis-Scantling, and Jamison Williams. That more than makes up for the loss of Tyreek Hill. And people forget, too, they have Josh Gordon there, too. Yeah. And, and Travis Kelsey. They, they still have a good roster. Cole Hartman is still there. Michael Hartman. In fact, they have a, enough playmakers still. But they added even more than they needed to, just to ensure that Patrick Mahomes will have enough weapons to deal with the revamped defenses of the AFC West. This Broncos mm-hmm. defense is no joke. The Raiders defense is no joke. This Chargers defense is no joke, especially after adding J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack to an already impressive unit. Yeah. They need all the help they can get. Yeah. And by making this pick, they are pretty much revitalizing what the offense they had last year. What do you think the fit is with Jamison Williams in, in Kansas City? What do you think the, the results are going to be? Uh, amazing. I think it's going to go exactly as planned. Do I think? I don't. And I honestly, I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it honestly, honestly real here. And I don't even think it's going to happen the first year, maybe the first year and a half. But when he does figure this out, and I'm talking about William, I mean uh, Williams, it's going to be scary. And the reason why I only give him a year and a half is because that organization, Andy Reid, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, you know, you got all these all these guys who are playbook kind of guys. You know what I'm saying? They're always in their playbook. They understand the ins and outs of the whole game. 
Um, they're gonna they're gonna enter they're gonna they're gonna get him ready as fast as possible. And I think it's really gonna take a year and a half because he's still he's he is a little bit smaller uh than Tyreek Hill. If you look at Tyreek Hill now, like his legs is huge, his, his upper body looks like he's he looks like a solid tank right now. Right. So uh it's gonna be it's gonna take you know him lifting a little bit more and getting a little bit more of that grown man strength in his body, but for him to really take off but as of now it may it may it makes sense now when you look at it like okay they gave up Tyreek Hill but then they're going to end up picking this guy up you know what i'm saying like right they they they, they know what they're doing I, and i love this pick for him cuz yeah, this guy is a freak and you mentioned it might take a couple of years to kind of catch on right he's coming mm-hmm. off a pretty significant injury so mm-hmm. he'll have time to rehab he'll have time to mm-hmm. lift he'll have time to kind of mm-hmm. get in tune with these guys because they already have acquired people that are already mm-hmm. NFL ready. Yes, sir. Juju is NFL ready. Marquez is NFL ready. Kelsey's ready. Gordon's ready. They're all ready to play. So Williams coming in with an injury is not as big of a deal as people make it out to be. Can I say something real quick? Hit me. And I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this. Hit me. <clears throat> but forget it. I'm... Honestly, I honestly do not feel like Juju Smith Schuster needs to be there. I feel like he can he I feel like it's a great fit for, you know, I mean, you know, it's a great pickup. Andy Reid has always wanted him, you know, all of this whoop de wah wah whatever, whatever, whatever. But I feel like at this point in time, at this juncture in his life, I don't think he needs to be in Kansas City. That's just me. I'm just gonna leave it at that, but you know. We'll see. We'll, it, it remains to be seen. Hopefully he, hopefully he does well this year. <laughs> no, I hope so, too. I hope so, too. But I, I understand what you're trying to say, though. I think Juju's definitely overrated in a lot of ways, and I think you're right about the fit there. What might not be necessary, but like I said, they're just trying to stack ammo as much as humanly possible. They're, that's what they're trying to do. And, they, hear it. and it, it remains to see if it works, but I think it will work. We, they already got a guy who can go underneath. That's Travis Kelsey. That's true. No, <laughs> Please right. somebody take off the top. No, you're right. You're right. That's what they're doing with Williams, in my opinion. But I yeah. Think with yeah. the 16th pick in the draft, the New Orleans Saints select, wait for it, Trevor Penning, offensive tackle Northern Ooh. Iowa. And people, especially my friend Spence, the, the, the Kirk Cousins guy, I talked mm-hmm. to you about him before. Yeah. Um, is just, like, everyone seems infatuated with the idea that the Saints are going to take a quarterback at 16, specifically at 16. Who is going to take a quarterback? The Saints. The Saints? They, they, they're, they're convinced at that 16, that. at least, the pick 16. That they're going to take a quarterback. That's not true. And the reason why yeah. is because the only team they hopped was the Chargers. Why hop the Chargers to get a quarterback? They're not mm-hmm. taking a quarterback. We all yeah. know that. The, there's no need to hop a team a month before the draft yeah. to get a quarterback. That's, that, that makes no sense to me. What they wanted to do was get ahead of the Chargers so they can take the tackle of their choice. Because the mm-hmm. Chargers are trying to invest in the offensive line and make sure that they give Justin Herbert as much time in the pocket as possible. Yes. The Saints now get Trevor Penning, who has, like I said earlier, has a mean streak. He is not a nice player. And like and, and like you obviously know, the NFL is not supplied by choir boys. The <laughs> NFL is full of people that want to hurt you. And that's what Trevor Penning does. He's an aggressive, bow rush of an offensive tackle. And I think he's going to fit with New Orleans culture, or the culture they're trying to build right now, moving on from Sean Payton, a tough culture. I think Penning's the guy to kind of protect who's under center next next season, mm-hmm. whether or not that's Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, a rookie quarterback. We don't know, but you better be sure he'll be very well protected with Penning under uh, as a tackle. 
Yeah, man, I feel like this is a great pickup. This is going to be a great fit for uh for Neil. Like he's going to he's going to he's going to embrace that culture and they're going to embrace him and he's going to feel that that black and gold surging right through his body to be able to lay some people out out there. Now, is he going to stop Jordan uh Jordan Davis? I don't know. <laughs> right, I know what you mean. But yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. With the 17th pick in the draft, the L.A. Chargers select Tyler Smith, tackle out of Tulsa. Now, this, now the Chargers aren't thrilled that the Saints got the pick of the two. They're not thrilled about that, obviously. Yeah. But they're not exactly disappointed that they, they take Smith, right? Mm-hmm. Last year's first-round pick, Rashawn Slater, worked out beautifully. He played phenomenal on that Chargers line. Yes. You have one side of the line taken care of. Mm-hmm. It's now time to address the other side of the line, especially mm-hmm. with guys like Randy Gregory and Chandler Jones coming into the division this year. Mm-hmm. Smith's a guy from Tulsa, not a great big school, not a big Power Five, you know, franchise, right? Mm-hmm. It's still a decent school. It's again a good division. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. He has a good baseline. The upside's a question for me. I'm not sure he's going to turn into like this legitimate Pro Bowl perennial type guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but will he be serviceable his whole career? Yes. And when you're at 17, you, you don't have to take a skill player, right? And they don't have right. to, take, they don't have a need for that anyway. You have Mike Williams, you have Keenan Allen, you have Austin Eckler. I think a possibility at 17 could be a guy like Traylon Burks, the receiver out of Arkansas, who's more like a Debo Samuel type guy who could play out of the backfield and as a receiver. I would love to see that kind of fit in, 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 uh, in LA. But as of right now, I just see Tyler Smith going there. See, I was torn between the two because I really wanted the receiver. Um, but yeah, you're right. The left tackle, you have to address the left tackle. But damn, man, just having that receiver, man, that would have that would have like that would have that would have that would have that would have said that would have said. Actually, you know what? I'm so confident in Justin Herbert. I feel like yeah, go ahead, take the left tackle. Take the left tackle, whatever he does, let him – he's going to be better than what we had – I mean, better than what they had, and let him figure it out. I feel like Justin Herbert just need that extra second. I guarantee you he'll change a whole bunch a whole bunch of people's lives. So I'm good. I'm good with this pick. All right, I'm good like, with this pick. I like it too. I like it too. With the 18th pick, the Philadelphia Eagles select Devin Lloyd, linebacker Ooh. out of Utah. This is yeah. the only true linebacker. I'm mean, a true linebacker is like an inside linebacker. Like not literally. Outside, not edge or whatever. He's the only inside linebacker I have a first round grade for. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. The, it's, the draft is not wealthy in terms of high echelon talent for inside linebacker. Yeah. Lloyd's the only one I have going in the first round period. I'll spoil that for you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but Philadelphia now has traded back twice in the first round. Right? Mm-hmm. They're going to pick for Kansas City later when they have the back-to-back picks. They treated with it's the Ray Saints Lewis earlier story. this month. They're taking 18 here. Lloyd is a solid prospect. Great upside, sideline-to-sideline linebacker. Someone who can affect the game at different levels. I think it's a home-run pick. It's a good pick. And I think the Eagles now having a stockade of picks for the next mm-hmm. uh, couple of years is going to make them well worthwhile. Especially Absolutely. if they move on from Jalen Hurts next year. But what are your right. thoughts about this? No, I, I I like the guy a lot. Um, the only reason why I even got to watch him is because my sister uh, went to Utah State, and so she was watching a little uh, a game, and I watched him, and they was playing against each other, and I was like, "Damn, this boy is flying out here. He can play. He can play." So I I like this pick. Uh, this is this is going to be a good pick for him. 
I hope so. I hope so too. All right. The moment's finally come. With the 19th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select Malik Willis. Mm. Quarterback mm. Liberty. Mm. It was going to happen eventually. A quarterback was going to be taken eventually in this draft. Now, That's it tough. could happen. Like I said, Malik Willis's stock has been very hard to read. He could go from number two overall to number 20 overall. He yeah. could go anywhere in that range. And that's hard yeah. to kind of project, right? Especially with how, depending on how aggressive teams are going to be in the trade market, what Carolina and Atlanta does at six and eight. It's hard to kind of get a pinpoint of what teams are thinking right now. But if he's there at 19 and the Saints already addressed the tackle problem, mm-hmm. why not? You have Winston on a two-year deal. Mm-hmm. You take Malik Wars, let him sit for a year. Mm-hmm. Worst comes to worst, he starts a couple of games this year. Best outcome, he sits an entire year, gets the playbook down, gets his timing down with Michael Thomas, gets his timing down with Alvin Kamara, and then comes out and, and stars in the show uh, his sophomore year. There's mm-hmm. not a downside of taking Malik Willis at 19, especially the contract. If your quarterback is not going top 10, the pace scale falls way down. Yeah, It's the contract that Aaron Rodgers got with Green Bay when he went in the 20s. It'll be similar. And with mm-hmm. the Saints cap situation right now, although getting rid of Drew Brees definitely helped situation, this is only going to help improve it even more. Mm-hmm. Because if Willis does turn out to be the guy, you can cut ties with Jameis Winston and have a rookie quarterback contract in the next five years. Yeah. And you have so much different flexibility and possibility when it comes to that, uh, that, that cap room being open. So I like Willis at 19. I don't like the Saints taking a quarterback with 16. But if a quarterback they like is available at the 19th spot, why not take him? No, I'm with you. Uh, and I feel like this is going to be I feel like this is a match made in heaven for him, to be honest with you, because I honestly believe that James Winston is going to come back even better than what he was last year. Um, is it now the question is going to be, is he going to have the confidence to go out there and play on that knee? Um, that remains to be seen. But if if he does, I feel like he's going to play outrageously great i mean outrageously good because he was on he was already on a projection to to hit astronomical numbers before he was injured last i mean before he was injured last year so being able to have willis come in and then compete with somebody like that learn i mean he that might be a little touchy subject for him to learn from (laughs) from wince but um at least just to be able to compete with him I feel like that's going to make Malik Willis even even that much better when it is his time to go in and play. Right. I, I would agree with you there. I think that, um, like, I, like you just said, having that year, even, even six months, to sit behind someone mm-hmm. um, and just learn everything, learn the culture, learn the playbook, get some receiving timing down, does wonders for players. A lot of times you have rookie quarterbacks get it thrown into the fire and they, they fizzle out pretty quickly. Right. So when you have an established – uh, you know, backup first. When you become a backup first, and then step into the starting role, it makes mm-hmm. the transition far easier. No matter mm-hmm. who the player is, whether or not it's a veteran coming in or a rookie, but especially for a rookie. All right, with the twentieth overall pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Kenny Pickett. I was going to say they better come Pickett. right off. They're going <laughs> back to that. right this, off. This, this is this is the run now. You see, yeah, you see, you see positions run, whether it be yeah. tackles, edge players, corners, whatever. Once a player's taken at the position, mm-hmm. teams just fall in line and pick them yeah. back to back to back. That's what's happening here. They start so, getting scared. Exactly. So 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 Pickett stays 
in Pitt, which is kind of ironic. He stays mm-hmm. in Pitt um, and goes on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the, the Steelers did sign Mitch Trubisky as their starting quarterback. Um, it's Mitch Trubisky, so I'm not really, I don't think they're attached to the hip to this guy. Yeah. Uh, and there's no reason to believe they are in general. I will say it's worth noting the Pittsburgh Steelers have had a lot of interest in a lot of different quarterbacks uh, mm-hmm. in the process so far. I know Mike Tomlin went to dinner with Desmond Ritter uh, a few weeks ago. Um, but if Pickett's available at 20, he's the best prospect outside of Willis for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's pro-ready. The floor is there. I question the upside. I'm not sure he's there uh, in the potential department. But overall, he'll be a serviceable quarterback, if nothing else. And that's mm-hmm. all you really need if Najee Harris stays healthy. So right. I'm going to go with Pickett here at 20. What do you think? I know I'm 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 right there on board with you. I was like I said, they better be ran. They be running. They need to run right off the board right after um, that first pickup of the quarterback because who are they gonna have? <laughs> like I don't I don't I don't you know I don't know who else they're gonna have out there. You know, with the unfortunate passing of of, of Dwayne Haskins, um, who else do they have out there? I don't even know anybody after him. So. Uh, they, they're they're going to have to go ahead and pick up somebody. I honestly, you know, felt like they could have possibly tried to move up and give up something for it. But, um, you know, it's the unfortunate situation they're in. Yeah, they have to take the second best quarterback if they wasn't going to make any moves. Exactly. All right, here we go. My pick with the 21st pick in the 2022 NFL draft, my New England Patriots select Trent McDuffie, cornerback out of Washington. Hey! Joe, we are on the same wavelength. I, you know what? I knew it because I was like, I got to think of somebody for his bum ass team to pick up. And I was like, damn, you lost JC Jackson. You need to go out there, go get tricked because he out there because he's played with, he's been played, uh, played against uh, London. London is right there in your backyard now. Like, let's go ahead. Let's find somebody to start uh, to start uh, holding up you guys' process. I think I, I was on you guys' side with this one. Most definitely. And you mentioned J.C. Jackson. We've lost J.C. Jackson and Stephon Gilmore in consecutive yeah. years. You get Malcolm Butler back. He hasn't played football in a year. Your mm-hmm. second quarterback right now is Jalen Mills, who stunk last year. <laughs> Jalen Mills was horrific last year. Yeah, uh, you over there worried. He, he worried about his hair. That's what I tried to tell y'all. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Green Goblin was, oh, my God. So bad. But anyway, um, McDuffie is a smaller quarterback. He runs 5'10", 5'11", depending who you ask. Uh, mm-hmm. Has some speed to him, but is mostly a zone guy, but mm-hmm. a good technique zone guy. Yes. Um, given the talent that we have currently defensively, especially in the defensive backfield, um, we're going to be running zone a lot more than man. So that fits in mm-hmm. perfectly with the scheme we're going to be implementing anyway. Um, so I think McDuffie is a much-needed acquisition. Um, at 21 here. The Patriots are kind of pissed that Devin Lloyd is gone now. Mm-hmm. Lloyd would have been the pick if he was available at 21 mm-hmm. because they need linebacking help mm-hmm. so badly as well um, with the aging Dante Hightower kind of falling yeah. out of favor um, and the loss of Kyle Van Noy and Jamie Collins. So yeah. uh, overall, if Devin Lloyd is at 21, he'll be the pick. I don't think he'll be there. So if that's the case, it'll be McDuffie. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I'm I'm 100% with you on that. I was li- like I said, I was sitting back for a while and I was just looking at the the draft order. I'm like, damn boy, y'all need a DB out there. Like that's what you really need. You can you can plug and play anybody, any big any big guy to go in there, a linebacker, stop a run, or at right. least hold him up. Most this definitely. is a good pick. This is a good pick. With a 22nd pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the Green Bay Packers 
selects Traylon Burks, receiver out of Arkansas. Burks at one point was the number one receiver prospect. Since yeah. then, has taken a tumble down. Um, but like I said earlier, we talked about him with the Chargers. He is a Debo Samuel type athlete. He can play yeah. running back, slot, outside. You can put him anywhere in the offense. And that's something Green Bay desperately needs, especially after the loss of Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, right? So now the Packers, if they take Burks, will have a lot more versatility offensively. We'll be able to do some more modern NFL stuff, the jet sweep stuff, receiver out of the backfield, you know, uh, that kind of versatility that people are starting to value more and more. There's also rumor floating around in the Twitter sphere um, that Green Bay is in talks with the Raiders to acquire Darren Waller. Now, having Darren Shit Waller that. and having – no. I'm, just, I'm just saying that, that's the rumor, that they're, they're in talks for no, Darren no, Waller. No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going against you. I'm just saying the thought, period. Who would who would allow something like that to happen? Like, oh, I know. I know. It's why ridiculous. would anybody allow that to happen? That would be the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. But, if but it, I mean, there's been a lot of dumb stuff that's done happen. So, I mean, right. you know, it, the it, Raiders it, let go of Khalil Mack. Right, exactly. No, you're right. But on that note, if the Packers can get Darren Waller and they pair him with Robert Tanyan and they get Burks, your offense isn't looking as helpless as it used to be, right? Yeah, seriously. It's not. And for the first time in God knows how long, Green Bay's actually helping out Aaron Rodgers. So that's kind of a cool aspect of it. Seriously. Too. But that, that's, about, that, that's about it for that pick. For the 23rd pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Brees Hall, running back out of Ohio State. He self-proclaimed right. himself yeah. the best running back in the entire draft class. Sounds about right. He proclaimed it by himself. And it's funny. Walk he's, that walk. He's been slotted for the Cardinals at 23 in all three of my mock drafts, including mm-hmm. this one. This is my third mock draft. And there's a reason why. The Cardinals have lost almost all of their running back talent this offseason. Mm-hmm. They have James Conner still. He, 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 he had, what, 17 mm-hmm. touchdowns last year. Not saying he can't play football, but the Cardinals' offense is not fit for a power runner. They're fit for a speed guy. Because yeah. the entire offense, centered around Kyler Murray, is about speed. Mm-hmm. Adding Brees Hall into this offense makes the read option better. Makes a the play action better, makes the screen game better. It makes all of the facets that make Kyler Murray so effective better. Mm-hmm. That's something you need to address, right? Um, but yeah, I like Hall in this fit. I like him going to the desert. I like him going to Cliff Kingsbury's offense. What do you think about the fit for Hall in Arizona? I think it's going to be a great fit. He's a versatile, he's a versatile, uh, versatile deep. I mean, running back. He can do it all. He can catch. He can run between the lines. He's a power runner. You know, he can do everything that you uh, uh, that you ask of him. He's. I feel like he's he he's the one that's done showed everything. Every time I look up and I'm hearing uh, hearing commentators are like, "But can he do this?" But can't like, and I'm like, "Damn, bro! Like, can the boy just play football? Like, you gotta he gotta answer so many questions." But by 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 the grace of God, he he proved every time. Every time they asked him to do something, he he went out there and he proved it. So if you're gonna go out there. If he's going out there saying he's the best proclaimed uh, running back out the uh, out the out the draft, I believe it. <laughs> I'm with you on it. Let's go. Walk the walk and talk the talk. I am with it. With the 24th pick in the draft, the Dallas Cowboys select George Karlovitis, defensive end Purdue. Um, and now this is kind of a boring pick for a lot of reasons. He's not exactly an exciting player. He's a yeah. good player. 
He runs about a 4-7, does things pretty good. I don't think he'll be a star by any means, but he's pro-ready. And that's what Dallas needs right now, especially after the departure of Randy Gregory. Exactly. I had David Ojabu, the defensive end from Michigan, the other one, opposite Aiden mm -hmm. Hutchinson, going at the spot mm -hmm. last mock draft. He had a pretty significant injury during his pro day that might knock him out of the first round, unfortunately. He's a good player. He's a very, very good player. Um, but as of right now, I think the injury is pro prohibiting him from getting into that first-round conversation, which sucks. Um, but if it's not Ojabo here, it's going to be the former Purdue player in, in Karlapidis. So uh, it's, I'm not excited about this pick. You can hear it in my tone. But Dallas needs to address the defensive line. So say what you want to say, Chris, but that, I think that's the pick. No, I'm – so listen, I didn't make that sound uh... – to diminish uh, Karloff, Karloff, Karloftis, George Karloftis. I got it. I think I got it. I, I'm i not because he had to do something to get in this first. I mean, in even in the first round. And you're talking about. You're talking about this is the first round is meant for potential Hall of Famers. That's what the first round is for. And he literally worked his way up there to be put in that position. But I'm saying the reason, the reason why I made that that sound is because of what you said um, afterwards when you're talking about Randy Gregory. <laughs> like it, just, it still makes me laugh that he just, like this guy, Randy Gregory, literally had the audacity to say, say, fuck you, Jerry Jones, and get the hell up out of there. Even though Jerry Jones gave you every opportunity to produce and and be successful and feed your family, and you just said, "Fuck it, I'm out of here." You really did that. So honestly, I feel like Karloff, Karloff, Kar, <laughs> Karloftis. We gotta get like a translation for this. <laughs> he should call Randy Gregory or even send him a letter, be like, "Thank you." <laughs> No, so that's what he really should do. Like, really send it, send like, have it a joke, put it on ESPN and everything. Just send him a letter, be like, "Hey, man, thank you." Like, I appreciate that. I I, I gotta get this pronunciation. We gotta we gotta hear this. <laughs> I can't pronounce it. George Karloftis. Like, how, what, is there is there Wikipedia? Maybe no. Is there even a pronunciation of Wikipedia? Like, what? How am I supposed to? It's spelled K A R L A F T I S. Yeah. Karloftis. Yeah, that's that sounds right to me. That sounds right. I don't know if it's right. Whatever. He's not that important. I'm, I'm like thinking anyway. about like ancient Greece uh text now. Like that's what it's giving me. And I'm like, okay, like that T I S is 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 what really changes it up for me. Yeah, me too. Karloftis. With the twenty-fifth pick in the twenty twenty two NFL draft, the Buffalo Bills select Andrew Booth. Mm. cornerback Clemson. Now, mm. Buffalo is one of the only AFC teams that didn't make a huge splash this right. offseason. The reason being is they don't have they a lot of holes. They have a good roster. That's a good problem to have. Yeah, It's a very good problem to have. Um, but what they could use is cornerback depth, right? Trey White was yes. injured last year, and their secondary mm -hmm. struggled without him there. Mm -hmm. um, getting him back this year is obviously a huge boost. He's an all-pro player. But if you right. can get someone that could be a potential starter uh, going down the line with some great upside potential like Andrew Booth has... Right. jump on it that's what you should do right. so that's why i have booth going to buffalo what do you think about that one no i think it's a great one uh, i think it's a great pickup uh give somebody you know give a young guy a chance to learn and understand how it's going to really be in a real live action game when it's in practice against other uh really good <laughs> receivers out there and a really great quarterback 
um, it'll be able to open his eyes up because he's not going to be a, he's not going to be playing everybody who's Josh Allen and and Stefan Gil. I mean Stefan. Uh, oh, I now I'm drawing a blank. Karloft is is still in my head, but you know who I'm talking about. He's going to be able to go up against some great players out there in practice, and it's only going to make him great. So this is a great pickup. Most definitely. With the 26th pick in the draft, the Tennessee Titans select Jahan Dotson, receiver out of Penn State. Um, and, and this is an interesting pick for me, right? So the Titans have had a, some receiver drama lately. A.J. Brown is now holding out officially out of OTAs and potentially training camp um, due to contract disputes. There's some trade rumors floating around. We're not really sure what the future holds for A.J. Brown. And they, like I said, they just got Robert Woods as well, but also they got Woods to complement Mm-hmm. Um, AJ Brown in the first place, not to mm-hmm. replace him, mm-hmm. um, and, and so that's where it kind of becomes a problem for me, right? If AJ Brown does happen to move on, they need an insurance policy, and the, yeah. and the depth in, in Tennessee for receiver is not great right now. So taking yeah. the first round receiver is definitely going to help the case. Dawson out of Penn State is a kind of a rise in this draft. Wasn't in a lot of first round mocks going into the draft mm-hmm. process. Has found his way going into the mid mid twenties here. I think it's a good pick for Tennessee. I think Vrabel will coach him up like a lot of a lot of the times he does with uh, some of these underrated players mm-hmm. out of the draft classes he selects. But I think Dotson's a good fit in Tennessee. What what do you think about Dotson going out to the Titans? Yeah, I mean it could be a good thing, but I mean if I was the Tennessee Titans and I knew that this AJ Brown uh debacle is going on and I know I want to bring him back, I wouldn't I necessarily wouldn't do this. I would probably wait a little bit longer, probably in the second, third round, start looking for receivers. But um I would probably honestly I would have picked up Christian Harris. Like that would have been a guy who I would have put on uh, the Tennessee Titans at the defensive linebacker spot because that's something that they need with, um, you know, not being able to stop the run all the time uh, last year. Right. No, 100%. I get that. With the 27th pick in the draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Zion Johnson, guard slash tackle Boston College. Now, yeah. The Bucks, the Bucks lost Ali Marpet to, to retirement this offseason, which shocked a lot of people. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. response, they ended up trading for Shaq Mason, um, mm-hmm. Brady's old guard from New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so people might be saying, like, they don't need to take a guard or a tackle right away. I would argue that the line is strong. It's solid, but mm-hmm. it's not as solid as it should be, right? And you always need plug-and-play linemen no matter where you go. Yeah, Johnson will be a starter for the Bucks at some point. Mm-hmm. Maybe not his rookie season, but he'll be a nice plug-and-play option across the entire offensive line. He can play four positions out of the five positions. Yes. When you have the versatility of that kind of guy, you should take him. Yeah. You need to take him. And, and, and protecting Brady should be the number one priority for the Bucks. period, because he's 45 this year, or 44, 45 this year. If he gets hit, that's it. It only right. takes just one hit to knock him out of the game forever. Protect his blind side, protect his entire line, take Zion Johnson. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you there on Zion Johnson. Uh uh and I understand where you're coming from with it. Uh I cuz I personally like I'm trying I like I I I relate this the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh to the Los Angeles Lakers. Like they got a bunch of old people out there and they're trying to keep this stuff together. So the same the same thing that happened to the Lakers this year is probably going to happen to the <laughs> it's probably going to happen to the uh to the uh to Tampa Bay this year, and they're going to end up with some injuries, um, especially on the line, and being able to have Zion being able to plug and play anywhere, it will definitely uh, 
ease the, you know, not the mind of Tom Brady, but the mind of the organization, knowing that they don't have to scramble to go find somebody to protect Tom Brady. Right. That, that's, a, my, that's my last thinking as well. With mm-hmm. the 28th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Tyler Lindenbaum, center out of Iowa. Um, the Packers are now doubling down on offense, something they haven't mm-hmm. done in the last, I believe, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, or 20 years, maybe. So that, that that's that's pretty significant. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the fit, right? Um, the Packers' offensive line wasn't phenomenal last year. It was solid, but it just wasn't phenomenal, right? Yeah, it was um, okay. And, and center was a position of need all offseason. They didn't really mm-hmm. address it. They thought they were being fine going into the draft. And Lindenbaum is maybe, I would say, a top five offensive line prospect, period, mm-hmm. um, regardless of position, whether it's a tackle guard or center. Mm-hmm. Um and that speaks volumes in a draft that's full of tackle, guard, and center talent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Linderbaum, whether you play center or not in the league remains to be seen. I think he will. Um, but if you feel confident right now what you have on the roster already, he can play guard if need be as well. Um, but just like I said, protecting Aaron Rodgers should be a priority. Investing in offensive line should be a priority. And Linderbaum is a good start to that to that journey. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not well versed on Lindenbaum, um, but I will. I'm gonna keep on. I'm gonna keep on searching and uh, you know finding more players to learn about. But I mean, if anything, if he's in the first round, like I keep saying, this first round is meant for Hall of Famers, potential Hall of Famers. So if he's anywhere in that, even if it's in the late rounds, I don't care. Uh, it's gonna. It, you know, it, it. He should be doing good. You know, he should do good. Hopefully it works out for him. And uh, I, I mean, honestly, I feel like Green Bay's offensive line has always been a smart, has been a, always been a very smart offensive line. They rarely make mistakes. They're not they're not jumping off sides, except for the first game of the, of, the, of the season last year. And we all know about that game. But other than that, they're they're, they're really a really a well-disciplined offensive line. So having him plugged in in the middle and being able to call the shots, it should it should work out. It is worth noting, however, as well that the, if the Packers do end up trading for Darren Waller, the mm-hmm. Raiders will be picking in this spot. Um, obviously, I can't <clears> predict <throat> the future. I don't know what the return will be, but it's a it's a possibility the Raiders might have this pick on draft night. Um, all right, so the twenty nine Raiders would be an idiot. I, uh, would... I agree. I'm with you. I'm with <laughs> you. Idiot, bro. I agree. I'm with you. All right. It makes sense though because. You know, Waller, you know, even though that's my boy, you know, he has been injured a lot lately. So, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. With the 29th pick now, and this is this is the trade coming in, right? So Kansas City traded up for 15. Mm-hmm. This is where they would have been picking in the first round. They had made not, no trades here. So Philadelphia now has this pick. And with the 29th pick, the Eagles select N'Kobe Dean, outside linebacker out of Georgia. Georgia's having okay. a phenomenal draft right now. Yeah. That's, that's the fourth Georgia player that makes in the sense. first round. Yeah, it makes sense. They have yeah. a significant need for outside linebacking. Uh, they already took an inside linebacker in Devin Lloyd. They're addressing the entire linebacking position in general uh, this offseason. They, they made a move with the Chargers as well to get another guy uh, who I'm blanking on right now. But Dean's a good player. He should fit well in this, in this, in this defense. He can actually rush the passer as well. So it's a good fit for me. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, man, he's a he's a beast. Uh, I like him a lot, man. Dude had 12, 12 sacks in the in the championship game. Like, who, who does that? You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he he's a beast. So I could see it happening. Work it it'll work well for them for we're sure. Gonna, we're gonna run through the next couple of picks pretty quickly here because th- it's the end of the round. There's not really a lot mm-hmm. to, to break down here. So uh, with the thirtieth pick in the draft, the Chiefs select Bernard Rainman, offensive tackle, Central Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, it makes sense here. They need linemen. They need mm-hmm. depth at linemen no matter what uh, team you have. You need tackles to protect Patrick Mahomes in a crowded AFC West defense. Absolutely. That's what I think about that. Orlando Brown didn't do his job either. Yeah. I just want to put that out there. He said on live, on, on Instagram live, I seen it, and he tweeted it out, I'm going to make sure that guy's jersey is clean. Right. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. With the 31st pick in the draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle, Georgia. Another mm. Georgia guy. Uh, but mm. the Bengals had a really hard time stopping the run interior last year. They <laughs> need nose tackles. They need big guys yeah. up front to be able to stop that run, that rushing attack for whoever they're playing. And a DB. And a DB. But for now, they're going to focus on uh, on the interior line here for me. Like we said earlier with the Ravens, you have to stop J.K. Dobbins. You have to mm-hmm. stop Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Najee Harris. Why is the guy to do that? Yeah. And then with the 32nd pick, the Detroit Lions select Desmond Ritter, quarterback, Cincinnati. The coveted 50-year option, like we talked about, right? You control a player for an extra year on a, on a pretty decent salary. It's always valuable. They don't love Jared Goff. I don't care what anyone says. They, don't, they especially don't like his contract. They're going to do invest in a quarterback at some point, and getting a guy at 32 gives them some more financial flexibility in the future. I like Ritter at 32 for the Lions. I mean, it's okay. Who are they going to put with them? That's the question. It's a, it's a good question. I have no idea. That's going to be the question. I, I I would love to see who they're going to put with them. Although I will say that, um, you know, against the better judgment of the <laughs> Detroit Lions, I feel like they have been good with pairing play with pairing players together. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And that concludes the 2022 Stafford and Matthews mock draft or final mock draft, I should say. Um, so I'm excited for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It should be really, really exciting. I can't wait. The draft time is my favorite time of year. Uh, last draft, like I said, I got the first six picks right in a row. Uh, I think I did 10 or 11 picks total in that draft. Correct. He did. Um, this, that will not happen this year. I'm, I'm <laughs> right now. That's not going to happen. This draft is so confusing. Like I said, don't say that, Joe. Don't say that. Sure, man. We, we're going for nine this yeah, year. There we go. Yeah. Hey, Stafford and Matthews is going for nine picks this year. All right. No, I hope so. I hope you're right. Um, but I, I will point out, too, I know a lot of casual fans will, like, shit on people if they don't get a lot of picks right or whatever. The point of a mock draft is not necessarily to get picks right. It's to be able to gouge what teams want to do right. in the draft. What is their necessity? Exactly. That, that's, that's what a mock draft does. It's supposed to serve as. Because um, there's, in- there's a lot of internal analysts in franchise that do mock drafts to give their general managers an idea yeah. of what's going to happen in the draft. Not, yeah. to, not, to, not to pick the exact players where they're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always a nice bonus when you get some of those guys right. You feel mm-hmm. good about yourself afterwards. Um, but yeah, just a couple of things to watch, guys. I mean, the quarterbacks, where are they going to go? Where's the run going to start? There's going to be a lot of trade-ups. It's going to be an exciting night, and I can't wait to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, also check out StaffordMatthews.com uh, if you can't listen to the whole episode because I'll be releasing a written version of, of this mock draft. My third one will be available today or tomorrow. Um, before draft time, don't worry, uh, to give you an idea of what, what, uh, what to expect as draft time rolls around. Um, check us out at Matthews.com in general. We'll have a lot of good articles on there, a lot of great merchandise, um, and just to get us to get us to get to know us better. So, but that, that's pretty much it from me. Chris, any, any final thoughts? No, man. Everybody stay safe, man. Have a good time. Love. There we go. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.